0: Hi, this is Maya Thomas, I am the DSC podcast producer of our first ever series, and I just wanted to give you a quick rundown of DSC as an organisation before we get started. So DSC is a team of 33 people across Australia, all working together to bring specialised training and consulting expertise to providers in the disability sector. Our focus is on helping providers to survive and thrive in the NDIS, and our purpose is better outcomes for people with disability. We take a different approach to our work. We focus on what works best for you, not us. We're real people and we respect that you are too, and we challenge what needs to change. These podcasts bring a new dimension to our work and our commitment to be fun, frank and future facing.
1: So we hope you enjoy listening to them
0: as much as we did putting them together.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Evie Norfell.
2: And I'm Roland Norfell.
1: And you're listening to Disability Done Different Candid, Candid Conversations. Conversations. <laughs> And today we are candidly conversing with
2: Gail Jelties from Unison. Used to be Sunshine. Oh, That's that why be we cute looked at each other. If we
1: had said Unison in Unison. We well, got <laughs> a Sunshine
2: in Unison anyway. So.
1: so Unison, formerly known as Sunshine.
2: And with us today is our producer.
1: Maya Thomas. Welcome. Thank you.
2: And Maya, you've listened to this podcast and our interview What are some of the things that we got out of it?
0: Oh, well, some of the themes that came out of this one were Gail talking about what has and hasn't improved with the NDIS rollout in New South Wales.
2: She talks about the Art of Human Connection, which is a fabulous relationship-based culture change program.
1: That was a mouthful too. It was. (laughs) And uh, what I find really interesting too is the rebranding process they've gone through to go from sunshine to unison and what that looked like along the way
2: and we talk about disability done different, actually we talk about leadership done different with Rebecca Fletcher, who operates, I think, almost a servant leadership model. She may not even know who, what that is, but she certainly embodies what I regard as servant leadership and Gail and I talk about that as well. And you were there too, weren't you, Evie?
1: I was, but I'm a quiet for this one. I wasn't feeling my
2: best that day. So one of our better podcasts, let's listen to Gail.
1: Hello, this is a podcast.
2: I could do the same joke again.
1: Disability Services Consulting. (laughs) We're really excited. Do not keep that in. (laughs) Let's roll.
2: So today, Evie and I are talking to Gail Jeltis from the newly rebranded, or not quite that newly rebranded, Unison organization. So Gail's a a long-term traveler in disability. She's done lots of different interesting things. And today, we're going to reflect on some of those things and some of her opinions and some of her experiences. So welcome, Gail. Thank you. And Evie, you're feeling less than perfect.
1: I am. I'm recording from my bedroom with a blanket around me.
2: So if Evie sounds like a normal human being, it's because a cold has taken the edge off. (laughs) So uh, um, we met a few years ago now, I think it's about four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were sitting in the back room in these offices talking about marketing. And I remember being quite intimidated by you because of your experience, your knowledge of the NDIS and stuff that was going on. It's like, oh, holy shit, I've met someone that actually knows and I, I can't bullshit my way through this one. And so you've been in the NDIS for quite a while, haven't you? NDIS, sorry, folks.
0: Yes, yes. I think like everybody, we've uh, we've kind of been on this bit of a journey and um, and battling our way through the nuances of NDIS, shall we say.
2: So let's return to the NDIS in a little while but not spend too much time on it because we right. don't want to spend too much time on it. But, go you've got a, a really extensive history in disability services and this is a big opening question. But do you reckon things have improved since when you first started?
0: Short answer is yes. Being in the industry for, gee, some 30 years or so, um, I've had the great advantage of kicking off and spending a great deal of time within the employment sphere. And I think with employment and particularly uh, supported employment, there was a lot of work uh, that that I did around specialised training programme, and that was a really Mm -hmm. solid groundwork in terms of how you work, how one works and trains and supports people with an intellectual disability. Uh And I think a lot of the those nuances around um, rigour, has has dissipated over time. And if you like, that is probably the one aspect of the NDIS that concerns me a little bit. Yeah. The flip side of that is that NDIS offers the opportunity for relational uh, relationships and interests to be the connectors, if you like, between between staff and, and people with a disability. Um, however, I think it... Runs the risk of coming um, at, at a loss of some of those those skills, you know. I think I think there's a lot that, um, yeah, is is possibly lost.
2: I want to move on to the art of human connection because you and Katrina have been driving that at Unison and Sunshine when you started. Mm-hmm. Art of Human Connection is about culture change. It's about supporting people to be more connected. I'm going to ask you a bit about it. But in a time so turbulent as the NDIS in New South Wales, which is particularly turbulent, why have you gone for soft and fuzzy human connection stuff when you should be looking at how do we connect with the portal and get that stuff done?
0: Well, I think we do leave that to a a small cohort of um, our financial team over here and and other members of the team. Um, No, in all seriousness, I think connection is what we're all about. I think that's what living in this world is about. Um, I have real concerns about how people with with an intellectual disability are perceived and uh, and for me, it's about a way of being. It's a way of being for all of us in how we actually see and can be seen, and and that that fundamentally is what sits behind um, the art of human connection for us.
2: So it's it's all about relationships. All about relationships. It's, it's all about everybody in the organisation building meaningful relationships, not just with the people with whom they work, mm-hmm. but also with each other. Mm-hmm. And you've done you know a couple of years into in the development pipeline, and now every staff member in your organisation is going or has gone through it? That's correct. And what are you seeing? Are there benefits or is it just a, a really expensive program?
0: <laughs> Probably a bit of both. Um, <laughs> no, I do think that, that there are benefits. I can tell you uh, yesterday we had um, 10 members of the finance team go off-site for a little bit of work to look at, at pro- our processes around around billing and around a whole lot of um, aspects of of uh, work that they're that they're needing to focus on but the first hour was very much about um tell me your story and it's a fairly new great. it's this a fairly great. new team um uh, many members of of the team were, were a little bit challenged Yeah. but you know the first five minutes I had them standing up lining up and looking into each other's eyes and getting a real sense of who are you seeing and you know and 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 to me that's that's this is finance you're talking about. That's senior finance. management. It's great. <laughs> yeah.
2: So one of the things we talk about a lot too and, and we'll keep talking about is people come to the disability industry, they can earn more money often doing other tasks, but they come here because they want to make a difference in people's lives. You're managing heartfelt people. You're using a program that builds relationships, but managing heartfelt people is not always easy. Sometimes they feel they know better than you do in how to um, work with the people with whom we are working do you have Do you see those challenges in in managing people that are vocationally driven
0: yeah absolutely I, I think that 's another small aspect of the art of human connection. A lot of what we talk about is coming from a space of holding and a space of generosity. So that really speaks to, okay, we're going to have some difficult conversations and there are times when you do want to lean across the table and, and yank someone's ear, but, um, but it's, okay, let's recognize that and let's take a pause and let's create the space so we can genuinely understand each other. If we talk about seeking to um, hear before we are heard. And I think that's very much, that opens the conversation. That opens the, the, the safety for, for discourse, uh, even, even robust disagreement.
2: So I wonder if some people listening are thinking, oh, I bet they're a small outfit. They've got about 30 staff and Mm -hmm. they can really make it work. Tell us about the size of your organization.
0: We support about 700 individuals and their families, and we have uh, run about 650 staff.
2: And you've been, you've been here for how long?
0: 24 years. How,
2: how do you stay in the <laughs> organisation for so long?
0: Um, I'm pretty good at kind of morphing my role and making it a bit interesting.
2: You that stood still said, while the organization's changed around. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think we've been really fortunate in, um, in having Rebecca as our CEO. Rebecca Fletcher um, has been with the organisation herself for 30 years, so she certainly um, steams ahead. Um,
2: And she's leaving.
0: And and she's leaving. She's leaving in October of this year. But the the board have really created a process where she will hang about and provide some guidance. And whilst I'm sure a number of other people might kind of go, oh, for goodness sakes, what, what will that mean for the next CEO? The reality is is that Rebecca herself is extremely good. She's extremely humble and just takes that back step and allows life to happen work to happen but she's always ready and and available to offer that kind of guidance so i think she's just going to be a great a great rudder for um for the new ceo that
2: comes on board so i want to jump in about rebecca because My experience with um, disability organisations now for 30 years is so often the male CEO and sometimes the female CEO is driven by growth and wanting to grow the organisation and you feel it's really just a misnomer for their ego. They need to prove how big their ego is. They put stuff on it like, you know, we need to serve more people with disability or whatever as the excuse. But you can really see an ego Um, driven growth sitting underneath it. And I met Rebecca when I first met you, and I was stunned by how quiet she was, how silent she was. And I I really wondered, I thought, what sort of leader is someone that is so silent? And now I'm probably one of her biggest fans because Rebecca creates the space for other people to lead, Mm -hmm. and she does it in a really contained, amazing way. Mm -hmm. And I think she's the very antithesis of the ego driven um, leader that is. Driving an organisation for their own needs, she steps back and and allows other people to step in. But I imagine she's probably pretty certain about the things that are in and out of of contention, and things that she'll sit that set the boundaries very quietly, but allow other people to play. Is that accurate? Or
0: yeah, absolutely. I think. Rebecca brings a significant number of skills to the, to the table. She is first and foremost an accountant and she will, she will confess to that. Um, she also has qualifications in, in human resources. Uh, she also has a master's in teaching, um, speakers of, uh, uh, speak, English to speakers of other languages. Um, she just has a, a, a great number of, of skills and, and many years across a number of different um, service types. She, I think, her her real strength is being able to ascertain what other people's strengths are and creating the space for for that to shine.
2: Gosh, that's called servant leadership. It's got a bunch of different names. Mm. But, um, yeah, we're big fans of Rebecca, as you can hear, folks.
0: Mm.
1: So, Roland, you mentioned at the beginning that uh, Gail is from a recently rebranded organisation now called Unison, for those of you who may not have been following along at home, previously known as Sunshine. So can you tell us a little bit about that process, Gail, and how the organisation? And particularly your staff have responded to the change.
0: Yes, certainly. Um, for those who may not know, when Lorna Hodgkinson created the institution in 1923, she actually named it the Sunshine Institute. And it was at her death it became the Lorna Hodgkinson Sunshine Home. So you know, i.e. The, the the singular roof over the institution. When we started our devolution and closure of the institution and had homes out in the community, people started calling us the Lorna Hodgkinson Sunshine Homes, which um, really uh, started to annoy us a little bit because we were, you know, and their their rationale was that we were certainly more than just the institution with many homes. And when you say people, you mean the community saw you that way? Yeah, and, and even our own staff, you know, lots of uh, – some of our stakeholders would just throw the uh, the additional S in. Um, many of us have really not been a, a, a fan of the name. We we find it uh, – well, we consider it rather, rather childish, if you like. And whilst we had a, an extremely strong culture, we just felt that the name itself didn't promote – um, who we were. That said, when we started going down this, this little bit of an exercise, there were many people who kind of went, sunshine, but that's such a warm, you know, it's, it's about life and it's life giving and why would you want to lose it? So we certainly encountered a little bit of, um, resistance to that. Um, but we did a fair bit of work that clearly looked at our, the archetype, how Who we were as an organization and what we represented. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a process and we came up with unison. And for those of you who don't know, we have a double S in our name, which is a little bit of a nod to the sunshine. And those S's are, are, um, colored with the same, the same, um, colors as our previous logo. So I think there was a great deal of work, though, in communicating to staff and bringing them along on that journey in terms of why this was important for us. And naming is such emotional work, isn't it? It's so
1: hard to get everybody on board. Roland, I'm reminded of the story you told of when the Spastic Society renamed how much spying yeah, they yeah. had, so do Yeah, so when um,
2: in Victoria the Spastic Society renamed to Scope, which was about a decade ago mm-hmm. the, the announcement was put out that they were so delighted that they had a 96%, and this is testing my memory, but it's something like that positive response rate to the name change, and my response was, well, you've waited way too long mm-hmm. to get 96%. You should have done it when 60% of people agreed to mm-hmm. it. It's just 96 is far too strong. So was that the point of the story, Evie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, New South Wales was insane. It, it shortened an insane timeline to whatever the word is for incredibly insane from three years of rollout to two years of rollout. So things have been tough in New South Wales, haven't they, for you and the NDIS? Oh, it's,
0: it's been, um, yeah, at times we've certainly used the word debacle. It's, it's been exhausting trying to keep ahead and trying to sort of second guess the where to next. And it's meant significant uh, resources to, um, to, to kind of responding to the the processes and and we still haven't got it quite right. You know there's still issues around billing. there's still lots of work that needs to be done in terms of how we uh, roster shifts for individuals and how they're able to see that and how people can make those changes and how we can respond to changes in in those shifts as a myriad of things that um, that really add to the complexity at this at this point in time.
2: And I started with a tough question. I want to finish with a tough question. What do you think it will take over the next quite few years for people with disability to start exercising some real choices? What sorts of things? We don't need a comprehensive answer. It's too tough for comprehensive. But what sorts of things would you think will assist people to get real choices?
0: I think we really need to address issue around, the issues around housing I think we really need to have um a decent conversation and some action in terms of affordable housing uh-huh. there's uh I think there needs to be some additional funding within NDIS that goes to a a whole host of providers to look at building infrastructure that will support that. There needs to be um, a lot of consideration around training for staff. So there's a lot of training that just isn't built into the the NDIS funding um, for organisations. and I think that's really critical in terms of how we respond to the needs of of people. there's also a piece of work to be done in terms of in, in engaging and educating the community starting starting at times with family members and not kind of seeing some of their um, their family members as being less than or this will do you know uh, well, really seeing great potential for them
2: it's an I interesting starting place it's a really interesting yeah. starting place
0: and i certainly don't mean to be critical you know it's a, it's a bit of a generalization but i think i think there's some real So some real honest looking that needs to be done
2: there. Gail, thank you so much for joining us today. And we've we've proved that a cold can hold Evie down because she didn't get a lot of words in there. Um, (laughs) Lucky you. (laughs) It's been a great session. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Gail. You've been listening to Disability Done Different, Candid Conversations. And it was fun. It was fun. You're always having fun. If you want to learn a bit more about DSC, you can do so by checking out our websites, disabilityservicesconsulting.com.au or subscribe to our newsletter. You can find links to do both in the show notes.